0: for everybody who prayed for me this week uh this has been a tough week and i think um i'm what i mean is is really i i get i got a lot of spiritual attacks this week uh and i told my my friends that i don't understand why i had so many negative thoughts this this week Uh, uh, just yeah hopelessness and uh, that God is not pleased with me. Uh, I have anxiety and fear and uh, th- th- things like that. And the worst was this. I just feel that, oh, I will not be, I will not please my congregation today. This is not going to be a good sermon. I can't meet their expectations. Of course, this is pride. This is all wrong, you know. And immediately after I said that, uh, somebody, a friend who, uh, whom I've not met for many, many years, he just sent me a text. So, so this is very random, uh, so it, it was from Galatians that uh, if you're a servant of the Lord, uh, and if you, if you please men, then you are not a servant of the Lord. It was so timely, so apt, as if the Lord is telling me, you just do what is pleasing in my eyes. All right, just do it. Now, I will t- tell you why I have a bit of a problem because actually Ephesians chapter 6 is a very, very rich chapter. And we're only covering half the chapter, right? Ephesians 6, 10 to 24. But in this verses, there's so much to teach. Uh, you know, my notes run out to 10, 15 pages. So, uh, the, the thing is to, to just to cut it down, and I realized that actually I preached on this, the armor of God, nine years ago, in the year uh, 2009. Uh, so, I, I really don't want to repeat what I have taught before. And the other thing is that um, two years ago we had a spiritual warfare sermon series. So I look at uh, my notes, I thought, that one, uh, I really give my best there, all the anointing you already. reading. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, uh, I just feel that it's, a lot is taught there, and uh, what what can I teach today? But let me tell you what, let me tell you the struggle this morning, and I've, I've conferred with uh, Pastor Chiming that this is what I'll do. I'm going to discard a lot of what I prepared, so that I will obey what I think the Lord is impressing upon me. I'm just sensing that this is what the Lord is impressing upon me, to highlight two things and to discard a lot of things. And what what is these two things that I have to discard, uh, that I will highlight? I just put, put this slide out, just, just made it. I think the Lord wants the church to know that we take too seriously a stand against people and we take too casual an attitude towards Satan. So I'm going to highlight these two things. God is the God of this church. This is His, He's the head and we are the body. He has the discretion to tell us things that He knows that He's not pleased about and He he wants to see change. So I believe that, uh, that this is really what the Lord has laid upon us. Okay, so I, I want to start like this. I still want to start here. This is the last sermon, and it is good to recapitulate. It is a really rich book, and the past few sermons have been extremely helpful to me. And th- this is an overview of our riches in Christ. We are a new community in the Lord, and this is just just from verse 3 to verse 14, which is just one continuous sentence, all the spiritual blessings, the immeasurably vast riches of Christ is found in Christ and we have Christ. So we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us in Him from the beginning in Christ. He predestined us to be adopted through Christ. Grace is uh, freely bestowed upon us in Christ and it is in Him that we have redemption in His blood and we have received the mystery of the will of God revealed to us that was purposed in Christ and then we have the Holy Spirit that is uh, sealed to us in Christ. It's just a lot, a lot. And uh, in fact, it is so much that Paul had to pray uh, not that you will receive this God just open their eyes in, in chapter 2, Ephesians. Open their eyes so that they will see and understand what they already have. So this is where we start. We are a new community in Christ. This is our true riches. Election, acceptance, adoption, redemption, wisdom, revelation, His power, His strength, All this is given to us in Christ. And so, in other words, what He is, we are, and what He has, we have, Uh, what He has accomplished, we now enjoy. Uh, Christ's victory is also our triumph because we are in Christ. So good. So rich. Have you ever wondered why the important teaching on the family, which was last week, is in chapter 5, and this significant topic on spiritual warfare is kept to chapter 6 at the end. I want to tell you this, that it is because, oh, by the way, there, there are no commands in chapter 1 to chapter 3, not a single one, just a lot of propositional statement about Christ, but there are 60, uh, how many verses? 65 commands in chapter 4, 5, 6. Nothing in first year, chapter 65 in the last year, chapter. It is because, I want to tell you, it is because without chapter 1, 2, 3, we are not ready for chapter 4, 5, 6. To talk about relationship, family, and spiritual warfare without talking about who we are and where we stand is like building something without a foundation. So we've got to build the foundation first. These These are the foundation. And we must pray, God, give me more insights, understanding, uh, and help me to know what this is all about. I I want to move on. Spiritual warfare is unavoidable. So my first point is that we we should not take uh, this uh, spiritual warfare lightly. We are not on neutral ground. We are in the front line. All soldiers, all Christians are soldiers. All followers are fighters. Uh, It is a package deal. If you want to be a Christian, then you are also, and you will also be a soldier for Christ. Uh, This is because uh, uh, Satan hates God and therefore we are the target of, of Satan. Jesus is Lord and He is He is beyond the reach of Satan. Everybody knows that. Satan knows that. The the powers in the principality, they they know that. He's victorious. Satan knows the battle is uh, with us, his children, his church. The battle is over us, men and devil. I want to put this up for a while, and as I speak on, you know, the reason why we have to fight a good fight, and it is God's will that we are in the army of God, is that the only force that can contest Satan's rule in human affairs is the church. The only force that is contesting Satan's rule is the church of God, the church of the living God. If Satan is unabashed, Opposed, if he's not restrained, if he's, uh, uh, then civilization will disintegrate. If there is nothing to hinder Satan, then Satan will make hell out of, of, of this place called earth. So, the ultimate purpose, God's ultimate purpose, is to reunite everything into Christ display the riches of the grace towards us through us and then get the church to do this. What is this? We exist for this. The church exists for this purpose. To prove in front of all the principalities and the powers in the heavenlies we are going to testify to them and prove that the consequences of the fall can be reversed. Christ's, Christ's finished work is adequate. We are the living testimony that Jesus has totally and fully overcome the works of the enemy. And one day, He's, he's going to show to, to the church, uh, And that that is the intent to show the manifest wisdom of God to be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. And this is His eternal purpose, which He already accomplished through Christ. And and now we have, uh, we testify to the heavenlies. There, the church can do it. The people of God, whom Jesus has redeemed, we can do it. We are truly a new community in Christ just as He has planned and purpose. We are the proof. That's why spiritual warfare is so important. And if we don't engage in this, oh, we're missing out a very big aspect of God's desire for us. And uh, very quickly, let me just move on now. Uh, in uh, chapter... Uh, Uh, 6, verse 10 and uh, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, We are given keys to the victory over Satan and these are the keys. You must know your position in God. You must know your power in Christ. You must know your provision, the provisions of God. In other words, be strong in the Lord. Alone, we are no match for demons, but we are not alone. Satan cannot remain where God exercises power. Satan knows a lot, but not everything. He's smart, but he's not smarter than God. So, you know, it, it is, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the strength of his might. This talks about, uh, you know, uh, the strength that, that is derived from Christ that we are endowed with because Christ has already disarmed the, the principalities. We are more than conquerors in Christ. And then you must know your provisions with God, which is to take up the full armor of God. You know, I'm, I'm just moving a bit quickly because, because I want to get down to the, the, the point which uh, the Lord has uh, put upon me. Having disarmed the powers and principalities, He has made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Colossians 2.15. Second Colossians 2.14, Thanks be to God who always triumph, leads us into triumph in Christ Jesus. You know, there is a, uh, uh, I put right at the bottom Luke chapter 10, uh, do you remember the passage where Jesus sent out the 72 by 2? Two, there, there were 35 groups of people who went out. And when they came back, this was what they reported to the Lord Lord, in your name, demons submit to us. And then he said, Ah, and he, there was just so much joy in the Lord. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy, they will not hurt you. Nevertheless, this is his instruction to the, the, the disciples, nevertheless, do not rejoice over this. Do not rejoice over your earthly success. Rejoice in the fact that your Father has revealed this to you you understand this and you are exercising this authority. In other words, rejoice in the fact that you are related to the Father. So I, I read that passage from you. Turning to his disciples, he said to them privately, blessed are the eyes that see. Blessed, for I tell you that many of the prophets and kings desire to see this, but they do not see. And they want to hear this, but they do not hear. But you understand, and that's why you are able to do this. And he said, he told them, do not rejoice over this, that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. All power flows out of our relationship to God. That, that is the source of all power. This is the statement of the secret of our spiritual warfare. Uh, It is because of what Christ has achieved that we have, that we we, we can enjoy. Okay, let's uh, move on uh, to this, and and, and I'm going to expand on this this slide, and uh, this is the first part of my sermon. God has identified a real enemy for us, and you can see this in verse 12. Let me read from verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, in my version here, NIV, against rulers, against authorities, against power of this dark world, Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, you know, um, I have not found um, a commentary that can that uh, gave a a very uh, good uh, description of 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 this. You know, why why didn't Jesus say, uh, "Our struggle is not against human beings, but it's against the devil"? Just that. And then we will understand. But no, he broke it down. So finally, I did find a commentary that gave, uh, well, the, 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 these are a uh, transliteration, right, uh, of the Greek word uh, against the rulers. It speaks of achast, and authority is exausias The powers of this dark world is kosmokratos, and the principle. The spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm is the Pneuma The Pandereast. And uh, I, I, I just want to know what they are. Actually, it is a spirit. It's a spirit that works in people. So for example, Achas, it carries a sense of preeminence. Uh, that, that, that's a great word, preeminence. Uh, we are here first. So, Archas works through intimidation. It would exhibit it, with an explosion of emotions. Uh, people who dominate by force. Uh, it could be a teacher or a coach or an employer or a manager or family members who, who controls by fear. Uh, uh, we are dealing with, with, with this kind of people. And Paul says that you are not fighting flesh and blood. They are just an instrument of Satan. Uh, Satan is just influencing and using them. And when we are able to uh, uh, discern the spirit of archas, we will be able to neutralise it and, and deal with it in, in a spiritual way. So for example, the next one is uh, uh, exousias. Uh, in, in the Greek, it gives a idea of an authority figure because of his position and his appointment. And they think that they have the right to speak. And, and people like them, uh, well... You know so, so uh, people who are in the minorities, the foreigners and the women they will just feel that the, the, their, their views are, are worth nothing, so they are being suppressed and they are being silenced they are being uh, excluded they feel that they have no right to speak so this this spirit can be at work like that in, through people and in people and the next one is uh, cosmos Kratos uh, this this is it operates in people who have uh, uh, people who operate under this this influence and force uh, want to use people to get things done, so you will see a cosmocratos uh, when people want financial gain at the expense of others, people who were Operate prostitution uh, racket, uh, people who trade in pornography, the drug trade, gambling, or, or just plain exploitation for personal gain. Uh, and the next one is pneumote uh, it, pornarias. It, it means a spirit of malice. Uh, the malice, malice means something that is premeditated, You it's premeditated harm. Uh, it's a desire to injure another person. So, through uh, new Mate uh, Purnas, there will be terrorism and mass killing and ethnic cleansing and forced abortion and intense persecution. You know, we do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against this, this various spirit. And they, they, they are people, and yet they are not people. They are people, and yet there is a force behind these people. You know, so, now I want to speak something about what the Lord has laid upon me. You know, uh, we are paying too much attention to people problem. That was what was impressed about me the whole week because in the last two weeks, two or three weeks when I was preparing, three friends shared with me about what is happening at home. Now, this is, this is unusual. People don't share such personal things with just friends, but they share with me. And I feel that maybe the Lord is really uh, uh, depositing something in me so that I can think about it. So, these three friends told me, "Oh, Edwin, there is trouble at home. Uh, uh, text messages. Oh, oh, only one person met me uh, for, for, for our lunch. The rest texted me to inform me there's, there's serious trouble at home. So I said, well, what is it? Oh yeah And, and I, I realized that were the siblings were quarrelling, and the family were divided. So well, I started the text messages, Oh, you know in Mao, but you know it, it was a bad idea anyway all, I, I I try to to diagnose a problem. You see, now all are they Christians? All three are Christians. Do they come from Christian family? Yes. All their siblings are Christians. Are they educated? Yes. Uh, some of my classmates and all that. And uh, uh, rich. They are all from middle class family, meaning that their siblings are all doing very well. They were raised well. It's not about money. In all these three cases, the conflict was about how best to look after their parents. Strange, right? There was a lot of disagreement and everybody's views and opinion got stronger and stronger and it was about why do you even think like that? Why do you even like that? Uh, uh, Suggest, always make make decisions in this way. And I suggested then finally to two of my friends that I wonder whether you, you, it's possible. Do you consider a possibility that this is only a symptom of what is happening behind? There is an arch enemy, arch enemy of God who wants to destroy family. Have you considered this possibility? casually but then they were, then they talk about, they're just so overwhelmed with the problems that they didn't even listen to what I was talking about anymore. You know, I'm I'm not saying that we should deny personal responsibility that, oh, every family problem, people problem, is the devil. I'm not saying that. People do make very poor choices and then they live with very bad consequences Uh, uh, I I don't think that I always start blaming the devil when there is hostility. We live in a fallen world and and bad things do happen. Not everything occurs because of the devil's schemes, but I'm saying that everything can be exploited by the devil for his agenda. And I sense very much for my three friends, whom I know very well, meaning these are the friends I've known for 30 years. Uh, These are the friends... I know, it, it just doesn't look it right. It's just bizarre. It's just strange. And I, I feel that behind many things that we see on the surface, there is an enemy whose objective is to diminish our faith, to destroy our lives, and in this case, to break up the family. And if we are ignorant of this uh, spiritual reality, then we are just more vulnerable to the attacks uh, especially in the family, in your marriage, and, and all that, uh, he will he will blind us to the truth. He will dull our soul. He will ruin our lives. He will destroy our marriages, and and I think that in these three cases there is uh, a spiritual root, and uh, I I really want to work with them. In fact, one of the my friends told me that okay, alright, alright. After your sermon is over, just show me your script. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Mark Mark, Bub- uh, Mark Buback said this. Uh, in one of uh, his Mark Wobbeck wrote a lot of uh, uh, good books like The Adversary. Uh, many years ago when he was in ministry, when he was a pastor, there was a member of the church, a female, a lady member who was very sharp-tongued, uh, and he made the, the job of, of Mark Wobbeck very, very difficult. He was quick-tempered, overbearing, offended many people. The deacons met up with him. The deacons told the pastor, let us just vote her out. That means excommunicate her. So she brought, Mark Wobbeck brought the matter to the Lord in prayer. And the Lord spoke to him from 2 Timothy chapter 2, 25. For those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that the Lord will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth, and they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the evil one who has taken them captive to do his will. And so, there is, there is a. Akras, Exhaustias, Cosmokratos, Pneumothe, There is this thing behind. You don't wage war against flesh and blood. You know, um, our, our relationship with people in the body is very, very important. Remember, the agenda of God is that we are going to display the glory of this new community called the church to the principality and uh, we are going to be witnesses to them or God is going to use us as a witness to them. See what I've achieved through the church. You are defeated. I can do it. And this is the way God is going to display the church to the principality. So our relationship is actually very, very important. So, uh, so a few weeks ago, uh, I think it was Pastor who shared this. Preserve the unity in the Spirit. The, the Spirit created this unity. The Spirit reconciled us to the Father. The Spirit reconciled the Jews to the Gentiles. The Spirit reconciled us to one another. Now we are one people. Let's see, unity is is created by Him. Preserve. The unity that is brought about by the Spirit. Our. So Paul said, from now on, I, I don't regard anyone from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and the, and the new has come, the old has gone. It's new that's why I, I don't regard people in like before I, I don't see you like the way I, I I see you in the past. This verse eighteen all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and now give us the ministry of reconciliation so relationship is very important and uh let me give you this. Thanks be to God. He leads us as He leads us as captives in Christ in triumphant possession and use us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Him. Uh, this pleasing aroma to who? To you. To you who are safe, who are being saved and to those who are perishing always carry with me the aroma of Christ. I have the ministry of reconciliation. It, th- this is our ministry. We must preserve the unity. Because we are in Christ, we can do what He did. We can love those who hate us. We can forgive those who harm us. We can comfort those who hurt us. Th- th- this is what the Sermon amount was all about. Because of Christ we can I'll tell you my problem Um, you know I I feel that the arrows uh, are flying about every day all the time Uh, while preparing this sermon I just realised and the Lord just brought it to my mind that do you know that you just accept all these arrows because you are just not conscious of you being the fragrance of Christ and you having the ministry of reconciliation. And and uh, 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 let, let me tell you what I mean. You know, not not a day pass when I don't entertain some negative thoughts. Sometimes I'll be scolding people in my thoughts. Sometimes I scold you, with you people too. Yeah, you know, uh, and my leaders, and I, I will accuse them. And... But usually it's because uh, I'm very impatient when people call me, and call me not over important things. I got a friend who calls me when he just needs to take a break from work. Office hours. Hi, Edwin. I just need a break. And then he will talk about what he'll talk about his holidays plans, about furniture, about uh, people, uh, fellow lawyers. And they okay, I think okay, I'll get back to work now. I feel that it's so um, so selfish. So. Wu Liao, and it will be can be very long, 35 minutes, and all that, and then he will then get on to work. I've then all the negative emotion, and then this idiot, <laughs> stupid. Then I will go up. I I, I got to let out some steam. I will then broadcast to all my colleagues. Then they will all have a good, they have a good laugh because oh, so your good friend call you again. Then they will your good friend call you. Uh, please return call to your good friend, and we will just joke about this. I will be irritated and impatient. Uh, and, uh, you, know, I, you know, what the Lord told me just, just uh, recently, that all this complaining and belittling, demeaning, calling people names, do you know that you have lost? Do you know that you just receive all these arrows every day and you're lost? You have lost the battle? He said, I shared this with my friend, but it's only normal, we're only human, you know, you're very, very patient already, Edwin, you're very good already. <laughs> and you know what, what, what the Lord told me was this, yes, normal is not acceptable. This kind of normal is not acceptable. And each day you have an opportunity to walk with Jesus in the light, and you have allowed Satan's darkness to make you harder, to make you prouder, to make you more complaining and, and just demeaning, and so what about Jesus' words in Matthew 5, 44, to love your enemies, to bless those who curse you, to do good, good to those who hate you, to pray for those who, uh, who spite you and persecute you? What about invading uh, darkness with light? What about overcoming evil with good? And uh, th- this was brought to my mind, and I- I'm going to practice this. I will. I-, I told the Lord I will. I will not raise my voice, I will not show my irritation and, and all that. No, even when this is a very irritating friend and a nuisance call, I will just tell the person that I, I just need to go, I'm sorry, I'm busy, or whatever, but the reaction response is not correct. Normal is not acceptable. You know, the word, um, the word e- uh, the scheme, the evil day, the, the, you see the word, evil day in verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the evil, the day of evil comes, let me tell you what this this word means. uh. The evil day talks about a particular day in a particular time. So the, the lion prowls around to wait for the evil day, a good opportunity. So there will be times when It is just a good opportunity because I will be more because I'm more because it's just not a good day. I'm more prone to discouragement. Then I'm more likely uh, to be affected by words from a particular person because I'm already very discouraged. Or there will be seasons because of I'm I'm very stressed because I'm tired because I'm busy because I'm I'm not feeling well. I'm more likely to react negatively to people who are insensitive, insensitive, uncaring. Uh, in moments of weakness, the enemy will tempt me to think badly of you people and cause tension at home to cause conflict between spouse. There is a particular evil day and he doesn't wait for you to be ready because he is always ready. The enemy will tempt you Uh, and to tell you that God is not fair, He's not good, He waits for the moment when you are the weakest, the evil day will come. So that's why in verse 13, Paul said, therefore put on the armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you can stand. You can stand. And so, put on the full armour of God, put put on... uh, uh, put on the armor of God means put on, put on Christ because uh, Romans says this, huh? uh, Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we put on the armor, we are putting Christ. Huh? Let us put on Christ. So I, I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to elaborate. Put on. There are two levels of warfare This is level one warfare that that happens every day, Uh, like like when I'm in the office and all these negative thoughts and all these nuisance calls come. This when I'm harassed, the Bible says you stand, you stand and you resist him. The belt is the belt of truth. The breastplate is the breastplate of righteousness. The shoe is the gospel of peace. Let me just briefly tell you what this means. Truth means to speak truthfully. Give no, the devil no chance to, to attack you because you, you have candor, you have sincerity. There is no hypocrisy. You search out the truth, you hold on to the truth, you speak the truth, you stand on the side of truth, you're honest with yourself, you're honest with God, you don't make excuses. And so because you put on the belt of truth and Jesus is the truth, you can stand against deception. All those thoughts that come. You can stand. So the second one is a breastbreak of, of righteousness, not the righteousness of Christ. This one is the righteousness of doing what is right. Uh, uh, you know, the attacks that will come to you will be attacks of guilt and condemnation, that you are unworthy unclean because of this and that, but, but you can stand if you are doing what is right. Just live, just obey God. <laughs> He will have no reason to accuse you because you are doing what is right in his eye. Truth must come first and then we practice it in the way we live. So in other words, we have a, a clear conscience before God. All right? And um, the, the gospel uh, shoes, uh, actually it is, um, it is more about the gospel, the gospel of grace. Um, this, yeah, let me just The gospel is about Jesus dying for us on the cross, paying for our sins in full, and that for those who trust Him will be forgiven and joyful acceptance. This is the gospel. So we do not allow uh, the devil to bring any doubt. We stand on the grace of God. Now, then there is a next level of engagement. The first level of engagement is when you are harassed. You just stand and you just dispel all the thoughts and you, I, I disagree with you. I, you. I reject this. This is not right. The Word of God says this. I didn't do anything wrong. You just, you're able to answer the devil because you're harassed. The next level is when it's more than just harassment. The next level is when you attack. So in the first level, you see on the left corner, you put on these things. But in this level, you take these things. You take up the shield of faith, you take up the helmet of salvation, you wear it, you take up the sword of the Spirit, you gird yourself. I, I don't want to uh, spend too much time on this because there is another part of the sermon which I, I want to elaborate. You know, um, one of my um, relatives um, is living in uh, has lived many years uh, under very very difficult circumstances because the husband is just um very very irresponsible uh so not financially dependable not it's just not the man of the house and um m- many times relatives around her have have uh, spoken to her that why why don't you just consider uh, a separation or a divorce you know what this uh, person says is this, no, I'm not going to do that because if I'm going to do that, I'm going to send him out to be defense defenseless, to be attacked by the evil one. I'm going to do what is right because he's a believer. I'm going to do what is right. I'm going to I'm going to count on God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask for strength. And actually, when I when I recall the story, I recall that there was another there is another great story in the book I've read called Breakthrough Prayer. This woman called Estelle, Estelle, Estelle. He married a man, a Christian man that he met in church. For the first few years the marriage was excellent. They were active in church. She was in Sunday school. And he was a a secretary treasurer. And even though uh, the church was not uh, the best, they were active. And then after that, things turned really bad. Because of the husband's need to travel, Um, he started to drink, and then he started to be uh, drunk and dependent on alcohol. And and then uh, he became an alcoholic. Then he became abusive, towards her and the children and the children were then terrorised uh, but anyway many relatives also counseled uh, Estelle to, to leave the husband to get a divorce Estelle couldn't, couldn't make herself to, to leave the husband she was, uh, she was afraid, according to this book here she was afraid that husband Nick would end up in the gutters she stuck it out and all this time, praying, never lost the faith, never stopped praying that the Lord would reach out to the husband in the way that she could not. Uh, quoting the Bible, standing by the truth, just worrying. And he knew that God would penetrate his heart one day. And so it did. The whole family then grew up. The whole family started to pray for the father and the husband. And, and then one of, the, one of the sons became a pastor and enlisted the whole church to be praying for uh, his father, this pastor's father. And finally, Nick, now in the 70s, stopped drinking, just, he just broke and then started to be convicted of his sin, came back to church, sober and an active member of the church, you know, this this uh, this author who told this story is an author you know. His name is Jim Zimbala, Tabernacle Church. He wrote this about his father and his mother. And I think it emphasized the point, you know, that we do not fight flesh and blood we have the resources and the power to get to the enemy, putting on the armor, taking up the things that we should take up, guarding our faith, guarding our heart with faith, guarding our mind with hope, using the word as the Spirit directs. And uh, with this, I'm going to end. I'm, uh, this, this is the second part of the sermon, which is, uh, I, I told you just now, right, that we are paying too, li- too much attention to people, <laughs> our our confrontation with people, and spending too little time uh, with the enemy. This is what I mean. The final key to victory in spiritual warfare is to know your place, the place of prayer, and um, the, the, the 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 grammatical uh, structure of Ephesians chapter 16 and 17 is that it is one sentence. So let me read to you as one sentence. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. No, sorry, let me read it again. 16 and 17. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith which can extinguish all the flames of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. It is one sentence. It's all lumped together. One thought. Verse 16 and 17 and 18. One thought. And it speaks of this that actually it is you cannot wage a warfare without prayer. It is connected, and we cannot have a casual attitude towards prayer too. You know what you know uh, just August I went to, to a mission trip to Davao, and I was surprised that ICM, and there was, there was 14 of us who went to the trip ICM got seven people on the team who did nothing but pray, meaning that the prayer warriors flew with us to Davao. Instead of like, well, you wives pray for your husbands at home, they traveled with us to Davao. In the hotel rooms, they were praying with us. I was very surprised. Well, what if you do such a thing like that? You see, because I am not geared into spiritual warfare like they do. They do mission trips all the time, everywhere, and they say that this is an important one. We are traveling with you. You know, um, I, I think... And and I I, I took the first sermon uh, when I arrived there, and so I I wanted to understand how the church was doing because I was going to preach on on prayer, see. Then they told me, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. We are looking forward to it. Uh, By the way, we do pray at 7.30 a.m. every morning. Every morning? I'm so surprised. How can? Every morning at 7.30? What do I have to teach you about prayer? You see, they understand this. You know what happened? The history was this the senior pastor fell because of a moral sin and the church then was so shaken and so many people left that they had to rebuild the church and they got a professional photographer finally, who responded to the call, he's a wedding photographer, to become senior pastor, totally untrained in scriptures, not theologically trained but he's a very, very good preacher but he's untrained theologically in the Bible college he finally became senior pastor one of the agenda of this new church was this pray and so they have 730 a.m. prayer and the church is now 1500 and this is the world prayer because why they understood that they cannot we can, cannot run a church without spiritual warfare, and there is no spiritual warfare without prayer. And so, you know, it's such a great difference from what is happening in my office. I hope my, I hope my colleagues don't listen to this. You know, we, we, we do have a Friday prayer meeting. Alright, so we will share our prayer items and then we will break into groups to pray. And I will pray with Lawrence because nobody wants want to pray with me and Lawrence. So we have to partner one another. And then they will be praying on their own. And then I will, I will start first. And I would just, uh, Father, I just wanted to, them, them, them. in Jesus' name, amen? Jesus' name, amen? And I just started, and you, were amen? And so one day, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I mean, obviously, it was not more than 15 seconds. Come on, guys. <laughs> I said, you know, my colleagues, God knows everything. God knows everything. If God knows everything, then why did Jesus' pray? why did Jesus pray so long in His prayer? priestly prayer in John 17? Why did Paul ask for specific prayer? Pray for me also, that whenever I open my mouth, words will come to me, I will be fearless, I will make known the mystery of the gospel, and, uh, and it's just specific requests. Pray for me. I've, it is, I feel that prayer has to be specific, it has to be aggressive. We have to be praying all kinds of prayer for all the saints at all times with all perseverance. We got to be the word is uh, and be alert, right? Um, uh, what is yes, verse 18 with this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying. The word alert is the word, it is a military term, a sentry that is standing on guard for something. So be attentive, be focused, be serious, be diligent. Guard something that needs to be protected. Stand guard over your family. Watch over them with your prayer. Read the Lord's Prayer. Read the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I cannot come. And then, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Even the Lord's Prayer, the sample prayer with the beautiful structure there includes pray to the Father, pray through the Son, in the Spirit, for the saints, against the enemy. Let me say that again. You can find that in the Lord's Prayer. You pray to the Father through the Son in the Spirit for the saints against the enemy. It's so much. It should be so much a part of us. And I think the Lord is trying to tell us that we are not paying enough attention to the real enemy, but we are paying too much attention to flesh and blood who should not be our enemy. We have one common enemy. The enemy, they are not people. They are It is Satan. So shift your focus, brothers and sisters. Here, we fight to preserve unity. Out there, we do the acts of love with the fragrance of Christ to win them. They are not our enemy too. And then we fight the real enemy. We fight them by standing and saying, Satan, I know what I believe and whose I belong to you will go away so you stand and then sometimes you got to put on you got to put on and then you aggressively engage but at all times at all times we use the weapon of prayer satan does not wait for us to be ready and maybe some of you who are older say well i am so old i'm, I'm not uh, i'm not the type to be engaging you know this actually uh, he doesn't respect age and uh, he just His purpose is just to go for the person who is unprepared. That's all. And a lot of times we are unprepared. That's why we are the target of the the devil. Revelation chapter 12, verse 2 Satan accuses us day and night. And so, um, brothers and sisters, day and night, not only once a week. I. Um, you know, we are going to. Uh, I'm very, very conscious of the time. You know, um, I was given. Um, I was given a book by um, Bella, Bella Chang. It's called uh, the Prayer Altars. And uh, because today we are very soon going to, in the afternoon, to go to the National Stadium to pray for our nation, and I thought I wanted to share this story because uh, we are entering the last days, the last times when I believe that the devil's uh, assault in our family, our personal lives, and the nation will be more intense. So this is a story about Uganda. I I, I didn't know this story before until I read this book called... um, I mean, I, I don't know the history of Uganda until I read this. You know, uh, the author John Maldon said that in the mid-1990s, uh, people around the world would have heard about what is going on in Uganda. And this is, I mean, this is the, the no- notorious uh, news. It, was, it had a very, very difficult past. You know, Idi Amin, for 24 years, between 1962 to 1986, uh, Uganda had 10 presidents, several military crews, and uh, there was a bloody war. And finally, there was an AIDS uh, outbreak that devastated the whole society. So people would be praying. <laughs> you know, the church was, was very desperate and they prayed. Then, and God, there was some solution, then some stability. And then, then the church stopped praying. And then many years later, there will be another upheaval there would be another uh, uh, trouble and then the people would start praying again. You know, it's like the book of Judges. You know, when, uh, uh, when they had peace, they, they would stop praying and they didn't realise that uh, actually the devil was, was going to destroy the, the country. Do you know that in Uganda, the uh, its pandemic uh, was never like this in any other part of the world? The World Health Organization said, said that Uganda is the worst, the worst, worst hit nation. The, uh, the, it's extremely depressing. Thirty-six percent prevalence. You know the, the whole country. One third of the population has AIDS. So, so th- this this was Uganda, and uh, the report says that by twenty, the year 2000, 30 percent of the entire. Per, uh, population had died of AIDS. of course, there's renewal of population. Uh, 30% of, of the population was infected by, 36% infected by the virus. There was murder, there was bloodshed, there was death, uh, and uh, a lot of resistance. So finally, they had enough. The church came together. They, the Lord revealed to them that this same evil is going to come to Uganda with different tactics, but the, the same agenda, to rob, kill, destroy God's purposes for Uganda. And the church, if you are weak, you will not know what the enemy will do. So, uh, you know, uh, Idi Amin, Milton, Abotors, and uh, the, the rebel soldiers, and all this, they are creating havoc. And finally, the church came together. There was a vision by some leaders that we are going to come together for prayer uh, not just a season of prayer. We are going to pray for the nation, uh, because everybody is is avoiding us. Even you, Tanzania and Kenya, they have closed their border to to Uganda. They are such a mess. Uh, but this this job is too big. You have got to unite all the pastors from all the churches. So so uh, John Milden then went went all over to Uganda to to get the support of, of their church leaders. Initially, they were resistance, but finally, the people came together for prayer and they, they call it setting up prayer altars everywhere. Prayer altars in the home, prayer altars in the, in, the, in the church, prayer altars in the office. They are just setting up prayers everywhere, and it was just, they were just trying to, to tell everybody, prayer is a the solution. There is no hope for the nation except prayer. Pray anywhere, pray everywhere, pray anytime. Set up prayer altars here and there. And so finally, it, it did. It, it got started. And finally, the evil principality ruling over the nation broke. And it was like a net that managed to just capture everybody from falling into the pit. And everybody uh, started to realise that it is so powerful because 20 years later, the, the incidence of AIDS is now uh, from 36%. Today, in Uganda, it's dropped to 6%. There is a revival in every department of the the nation. Judiciary, executive, uh, uh, civil service is like infected with a new thing the glory of Christ. Uh, You know, the the light, light has penetrated the country. They managed to push back darkness and change the spiritual atmosphere in the cities and for the nations. And they brought redemption to so many elements of society. Friends and sisters, we are uh, Singapore. We are complacent. I tell you, we, we pray for the nation during National Day. Do you know that when I was in Davao and we, I, we, we lamented, we, Singaporeans lamented, ah, you know, they are going to have this National Day event in the indoor stadium and then, ah, we're going to miss it. And see, they said that, wait, we will organize a prayer meeting and we will pray for Singapore. So that night, on the first night, we met in church and there were all the Filipinos there. They prayed for Singapore. Of course, we prayed for them too, lah, you know. We prayed for them and they prayed for us. There was a prayer meeting. For us. Oh, friends, the importance of prayer that they understand and they know that this is the strategy that we cannot take too lightly. So, I don't know whether you have tickets, but you have tickets. Don't give it away. Go. From today onwards, you and I, we are going to join our hands to fight the real enemy. And it is not your family. It is not people. It is Satan. That's number one. Number two, we are going to give attention to prayer at home, at all times, for the nation, for ourselves. We are going to engage in warfare. We are going to be effective. We are going to unite this church. We are going to be the end-time church that God can be proud of we are going to be a witness for God to the principalities out there. There, PPH can do it. This is the glorious bride of Christ. This is the the final outcome. It's supposed to be like that. Alright? Let's pray. Thank you for giving me time. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for giving us everything in Christ. Oh, the riches, our inheritance, our position, Our authority, Jesus Christ. And God, we pledge our allegiance to You. We say, Father, that we belong to You and nothing, nothing will shake us or take us out of our glorious inheritance and our position You. Thank You, Father, for this. And Father, I I just sense that these are the two things that You have laid upon me and to be spoken to the church. If, If it is really Your thoughts, then I pray, Father, that you will bring conviction to the hearts of my brothers and sisters. If it is something they need to know and there's an action they need to take, I pray that you will show them how. But God, for now, help us to see things from your perspective, not flesh and blood. Satan, Satan is our enemy, not people. Help us to reach out to people, to minister to people, to love people, to win people, to help people, to heal them, to do all this in your name and not to exclude and kill and fight them. God, help us. We need your grace. We need your love. We need your help. And God, today as we go to pray for the nation today, I pray that heaven will be open and you will bless our nation. You will receive our prayer and you will come and protect this nation from the assaults of the evil one. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers and for receiving it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.